Welcome to the podcast from Eden Worship Center. Because we believe that it is God's Word that does God's work in God's people, we want you to hear the gospel preached in the gathering of believers. We want you to read it for yourself and to join us as we think together and talk together about the sermon from this past week and what's going on in our world. You can join the conversation by sending in your comments and questions to EdenWC at Hotmail.com. May God cause His Word to come alive in your heart today. Well, hey everybody, welcome to the EWC Midweek Podcast. Pastor Matt here. And Pastor John. All right. Well, hey, uh, so Pastor John, before we jump into talking about the sermon, yes. um, maybe give us a little bit of an update. We were just talking in the office a little mm-hmm. bit ago mm-hmm. about... Uh, John and Kara and their transition to life action, Mm -hmm. which I see you're sporting the life action cup today. Yes. Uh, Just, you know, (laughs) representing the next family while you're hanging out with the current family. Presenting. Real nice. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it just occurs to me right now. I wish I had an EWC mug instead of just this. (laughs) Yes. I guess we'll just can. No. Anyways. Uh, (laughs) So maybe give people a little bit of an update on where things are at. And mm-hmm. I know that the net, well, this next month, uh, mm-hmm. Danielle and I are going to be gone. Yep. Uh, but coming up in March, it's going to be a busy month for you. So maybe just yes. fill people in on that a little bit. Yes. Uh, we presently stand at 70%, which is, I mean, to us, that's like on the cusp. I mean, we are well beyond the halfway point and uh, we're pretty excited about where we're at. Um of course, that still does mean we have 30% to go. So during the month of March, uh, we have got several things lined up um, to take a tour of the South, basically. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have uh, several churches asking us uh, to to come and speak, saying, hey, we, we'd love to hear more about this ministry and, and possibly uh, join you in partnership. Uh, and then we also have several friends and uh, present supporters uh, who have said, hey, if you can uh, arrange to visit us, we are going to gather together some some friends of ours who have a heart for families, have a heart for missions, um, if you would like to, to talk to them about what you're doing. Uh, and so we've got a bunch of that lined up uh, during the month of March. So uh, we've got some meetings in Alabama and Georgia and Georgia and, and Georgia uh, <laughs> and uh, South Carolina and Tennessee. Okay. Uh, and we purposely did that because it's cold here. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. but yes, yes. Uh, well, but if you have these meetings down in, say, Georgia, and then the next one's in Georgia. <laughs> And the next one's in Alabama. I mean, I don't know what the order is. Yep. It doesn't make sense to be like, well, we got three days. Let's drive all the way back to Indiana. Yes. And yes. then with the cost of gas, let's drive all the way back. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So we'll be, we'll be out uh, pretty much for that, that whole month. So, uh, but Lord willing, it'll be productive. And when we get back, we'll be able to say, hey, everybody, let's celebrate. Yeah. Uh, good. So. Good. Yes. Awesome. Well, thanks for the update. We can't, I mean, we just can't wait to see you go. <laughs> it's a strange thing to like yes. comment on. Like, I can't wait till you're gone. Uh, somebody actually said that. Well, not exactly like that to us uh, Sunday. Like, man, we can't wait till you're able to leave. Were they angry when they said <laughs> yeah. it? It they, feels like, like high school teachers saying goodbye to seniors. Like, 
can't wait till you're gone. I'm so excited that <laughs> yeah. this day has come. Yep. <laughs> that, yep. That's how they talk to me, probably. Well, you know, now that you mentioned when they said we can't wait till you're able to leave, they did go. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. No, we love having you guys here. Uh, but, You've been a great addition of the Lord <laughs> to this place. The the timing was entirely providential. So mm. uh, looking back on that, it's been it's been pretty great, and we have loved being here. It's uh, we can't wait to get there. We just don't want to go. <laughs> it's yeah, that weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, it it occurs to me as we're talking about that of the interaction that. Isaac in Genesis 26 from the sermon mm-hmm. this week is going to have with King Abimelech where they're like, yes, we're glad you're here. It's time for you to go. <laughs> yes. You need to leave. <laughs> we'll, we'll just stand uh, at the door of the church and say, you are mighty, mightier than I <laughs> go away from go us. Away from us. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll just keep pursuing you until yeah. you, uh, well, hopefully the next time I away. see you, I won't go. Why are you here? You hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyone comes and visits, that's the response. So this is a really sort of interesting chapter for a couple reasons. Uh, I mean, number one, it's the inspired word of God. So we should find that interesting no Mm -hmm. matter uh, what the narrative line is with it. But at the same time, Isaac is this son of promise who's been, he's been coming. We've been waiting for him. Uh, There's all this hope and expectation that's attached to him. Mm -hmm. But really... He's a middleman. He's yeah. a vessel through which this blessing will come. Mm-hmm. He's not the blessing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, we see in him, uh, we read earlier, this image of Christ as the sacrifice, mm-hmm. as Abraham offers his son, and obviously God stays his hand. Right. Uh, but that he is this, this image of one who would be sacrificed. God himself will provide a lamb. Mm-hmm. And now uh, he's come. Father Abraham has died, and at least in the portrayal. Now, he lived a long time, right? Right. So yeah. <laughs> he's going to outlive Abraham as far as years. He's going to outlive Jacob as far as years. Mm-hmm. Some stuff happened in there. Yeah. And yet, when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to recording it in Scripture, it was inconsequential. Yeah. It was normal. It was it was an average life. Yeah. And that that's kind of the shocking thing is we're expecting fireworks and grandeur. Mm-hmm. And we just get this average guy who what we do have of him. There's only one chapter that's really about him. Yeah. Uh, the chapters before aren't so much about him. It's about his kids mm-hmm. and his wife scheming. <laughs> the chapters that are to come are about his kids and his wife scheming. <laughs> yes. And then you just have Isaac who's he's a a support character in all of those stories. Yeah. This one chapter, he's like got the steering wheel Mm -hmm. and we see God having to warn him, like, don't go over there. Don't go to Egypt. Don't do it. Stay here. And then misrepresenting his wife as a sister or a close relative. And you're like, you know what? For, for a patriarch and this is his one moment to shine. (laughs) <laughs> You're kind of dropping the ball a bit, buddy. Yep. But there again, scripture was not written that we might revere these men or yeah. venerate these men. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting when, when you look at the word venerate, because there, there's some religious traditions that say we don't worship those who've come before uh, 
we don't worship, you know, the saints of God. We venerate them. Mm-hmm. And then you look up the definition and there's no difference. It, yeah. It is literally yep. the same, the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. We're not meant to do that with these people. Yeah. It, it actually doesn't work. We're given way too many details. Yes. You know, for a guy who we're not given many details about his life, we're given too many details. <laughs> the ones we are given. Like, yeah. good grief. You didn't. You didn't paint him as a saint here at all. It reminds me like a, a, a fourth grade school play where the parents like, okay, Johnny, tonight is your time to shine. And he walks out on the stage and falls off the front of the stage. Yeah. There's his time to shine. <laughs> yeah, blew it, kid. <laughs> or forgets his lines. Or forgets his lines. <laughs> or, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. And mom and dad still think it's adorable and videotape <laughs> every moment of it. Right, so that's kind of Isaac. He's this, he's this super average guy. Mm-hmm. Only God is blessing him, and God is sort yeah. of ridiculously blessing him. He's inherited all that Abraham had, but God is multiplying even that mm-hmm. to where he doesn't have like it. Finances were were not determined by how much money you had in the bank. Obviously, right? Uh, there were no banks. <laughs> uh, it was like, okay, so what is your household? What's your possession? What are your holdings? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's described as having flocks, like many, multiple and yeah. herds, many mm-hmm. and many servants. So he's yeah. got this giant entourage going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember back in Abraham's day, and I'm sure you do. I do. Uh, <laughs> you know, when, when Lot gets in trouble, Abraham's nephew, mm-hmm. Abraham has 300 dudes born, born. in his household yeah. that he can raise up as an army just like that. Yep. That was just the men folk who could fight yeah. that were born in, not all of his servants. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's like uh, when we have the parables of Jesus and it says there were 5,000 men there. Yeah. Okay, well, what about women and kids? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a big household, yes. quote-unquote household, <laughs> the, the traveling circus show that's yes. you know, going on here. <laughs> Which makes sense then when he goes, that, so famine comes, and he goes to uh, Gerar, and mm-hmm. we find, again, King Abimelech, and it, it's not clear. Uh, commentators do all kinds of wrangling and speculating. And yeah. then at the end of the day go, we don't know. We don't know if this is the same Abimelech that Abraham 100 years earlier had run into. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Um, I hadn't even thought of this till right now. In fact, uh, the ones that I, I thought, okay, well let's, let's take it out of the realm of possible and just say, because his name means son of the King. Oh, right. Uh, it's probably a son or a grandson. But in the first time when Abraham and Sarah goes and Abraham uh-huh. says, no, she's my sister, it's King Abimelech yeah. who brings her into his house and God mm. stops him uh, from actually marrying her and then having yeah. sex with her, yeah. right? And terrifies him in a dream. <laughs> uh, this next time... And this just occurred to me. This is kind of interesting. This kind of makes an argument for it being the really old dude. I mean, given uh-huh. they're going to live like 175 years. Yeah. 100 yeah. years isn't inconceivable. Right, right. Uh, that he goes, one of the men of the city could have laid with her. Oh, yeah. Not me. Not me. I'm 155 <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even remotely interested. <laughs> Which I don't even know that that's the case because oh. Abraham gets wicked old and then he's getting, you know, Has I could use a five couple or six extra more, wives. Yeah. Yep. Let's pop out a bunch of kids. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
But we'll just leave that right there. <laughs> just all of that mental imagery of... Uh, uh, like the the front row Sunday morning. Yeah, children. I was thinking, you know, what do nursing homes do if they have an outbreak of pregnancies? Like that would just be, oh man, out of control. Uh, I, so the the whoever Abimelech is, whoever mm-hmm. Fikol, the commander of his army, it's possible it was the same two guys. Right. It's also possible that those are more titles than names. Yeah, yeah. It, not not really clear. Uh, that's not the main issue. Mm-hmm. The main issue is God has blessed Isaac in such a way to where they say, you can't stay here. Yeah. It, we've seen what happened in one generation. If we let this keep going, mm-hmm. this won't be known as Gerar. This is going to be known as Isaacville. <laughs> yes. You're just going to take over everything. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the king anymore. Like, mm-hmm. you got to go. Yes. And I... I find it interesting. It was the blessing of God that got Isaac kicked out. Yeah. Uh, I, I just find that interesting that even in, in our world today, we have the blessing of God upon our lives and the world despises us for it. And in a lot of ways fears us. Mm -hmm. Um, and that fear comes out just like this did in, uh, in hate in hostility, uh, I just found that interesting that it, why was Isaac so much mightier than them? Oh, because God was blessing him. Yeah. Uh, just an interesting thing there it was the blessing of God that resulted in this. I, so thinking about the secular world fearing God's people, it's not because we are so mighty and threatening, mm-hmm. but I think because you have a group of people who say, our primary allegiance, what, what we will build our lives and our futures and our families upon is God's word. Mm-hmm. If, if culture lines up with that, great. If the state lines up with that, great. Right. And if they don't, that's fine. We're going to stand on God's word. That's actually mm-hmm. really threatening to a culture that seems like it wants to be run by mob mentality. Yeah. You know, that a popular vote, let's take a vote and decide what's right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And how can you say that this is wrong when all of these people say it's right? That's the argument you're hearing today. Not, not these things are inherently right, wrong, good, bad, but we've decided as a culture, the the majority says this is okay. Mm -hmm. How dare you stand against that? Yes. It's the argument that, uh, you heard, and now I don't want to make this political, all right? So if you're one of those people, I want you to fast forward the next two minutes of this podcast. <laughs> but it's like when COVID hit, and the argument wasn't uh, A, B, this study, that study, like specifics. Right. It was, we're going to believe science. Uh, as if science was a thing by itself. Right, right. And then they would attach to that, uh, how could you disagree with 97% of, so take climate change, 97% of scientists, Mm -hmm. as if there is some like pollster out there talking to every single (laughs) scientist going, which one are you? Are you in or you out? We've made it as if this this popular vote is a thing of itself. It Mm -hmm. becomes the God factor. Yeah, like it's deciding good and bad, right and wrong, the the direction of humanity, you, yep. you know, human flourishing, all that, and it we've reduced godness down to a popular vote. Yeah, only that God changes his mind Constantly. so fast. Yeah, you can't keep up. Yep, you will never stay on the right side of that God. Yep. Yeah, and 
there's that and the, the fact that when uh, people's comfort and self-indulgent are challenged, yeah. unless it's a conviction of the Holy Spirit drawing them to repentance, you get hostility. Yeah, uh, and, and that's a part of our world today is that, oh, well, you must hate me. No, I don't hate you. It has nothing to do with that. It, but that's the, the response that it elicits when what their self-indulgence leads them to do is challenged. Yeah, yeah and it, we see that. It, it's that kind of fear. That mm-hmm. you will you will challenge my right to do whatever I want to. Yeah, and uh, Isaac, we're afraid you're going to impinge on that too. So mm-hmm. they leave, they plant their whole bunch of tents, they dig a well, uh, you know, opening up these wells that Abraham had uh, dug that they'd stopped up before to get him to leave, mm-hmm. and now they're now they're fighting over that well. So they go to the next one, they're fighting <laughs> over that well. And it, it's, they're doing everything that they can to chase him out of their public square. He's yeah. not part of their life, part of their culture, part mm-hmm. of the conversation. And I just heard a thing. Again, I, I don't want to make this political. So if you're rejoining us another minute, <laughs> if you would. Um, for those of us who are old, you may remember, children of the 80s here, you may remember a... Uh, Russian comedian Yakov Smirnov. You remember that guy? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I just saw I do now. <laughs> I <had laughs> now now I remember. Uh, I couldn't tell you a thing he did back then, but he just yeah. had one of those names, yep. you know. But I just saw a thing where he was talking about growing up as a child under uh, the communist regime in seventies and eighties in Russia. Mm-hmm where every day in school, now now think about school being the main battleground for uh, the teaching of our kids. Mm -hmm. And they would say, to to the individual child, who is your father? And you had to respond, Russia, the Soviet Union. Who is your mother? The Communist Party. Hmm. And then they would say, what do you want to be? And it, so I want to be, an engineer, a, a scientist, a doctor with the Soviet Union is my father and the Communist Party is my mother. That's my identity. Yeah. And I, it was like, oh, no. I don't think we're terribly far from that mm. in, mm-hmm. in our day and age. Yeah. If yeah. things continue to go unchecked. Yep. Yet our hope is in the sovereignty of God. Yes. Not in the rightness or agreeableness of the state. Yeah. Yeah. And welcome back for those of you who are rejoining us. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Anyway, so in that, and actually this is a great place to go from there. Uh, He's bouncing around. He's going to these different places and then uh, God speaks to him. Yes. He goes to Beersheba. God speaks to him. And one of the things that God promises him is, I will be with you. Yeah. Which is, it was kind of striking as I was preparing for the sermon, thinking about uh, that is a promise that we not only take for granted, but we demand. Yeah. It, everybody, you take a poll of Americans, mm-hmm. and if God has not done things their way and blessed them and watched over them and been with them, well, he has done them wrong. Yeah. Because he owes that to them. Yep. You know, well, number one, God owes us nothing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, number two, when you look at the religions of that day, even the religions of the world now, 
those gods were not beholden to the people. Right. Uh, which I love that example of Elijah and the prophets yes. of Baal, where <laughs> I don't know if he's here or not. I don't know if he's paying any attention. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's left us. Maybe he's going to the bathroom. <laughs> Maybe he's covered his feet. Surely he covereth his feet. <laughs> Just one of those great King James I'm, lines. I'm going to start memorized. using that phrase. Yeah. I got to go cover my feet. Be right back, guys. I got to cover my feet. <laughs> you can <laughs> if you want to. That's an interesting phrase to look into. But uh, yes. it's. I think one of the cool things is this idea of... Um, it is a Christian belief and a uniquely Christian belief to say our God is with us. He will never leave us and never forsake us. Yes. I mean, we find that in uh, Judaism because mm-hmm. that, that's where the promise was originally given. Mm-hmm. But Judaism is still waiting for Emmanuel God with us. Yeah. Like it is only in Christianity that we say, no, uh, our God has put on flesh in Christ and dwelt among mm-hmm. us truly man and truly God, which is part of the yep. uh, Nicene Creed mm-hmm. that we confessed together this past Sunday. Yep. Uh, by the way, that's one of the reasons we do those things. Yeah. Is there are some giant confessions of the church that mm. the modern church is just way too cool. You know, Well, that'll <laughs> right. just turn people off. People, people don't want to think about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know. I, I think the, the biggest stereotype that I have nowadays is just turn the lights off. Oh, yeah. If we can just get the mood right, who cares what people think or believe? Yep. You know, we, want them, we want them to feel happy in the moment. We want them mm-hmm. to live happy lives. Uh, they have to know that our salvation comes from one who is truly God and truly man. Yes. Who fully took our sin upon himself and paid for it on the cross and said, yeah. it's finished, it's paid for, it's done. And in those creeds... It's through those creeds that we truly understand who our brothers and sisters are because those are the foundations. Those creeds are the foundations of our faith. Those are the essentials that if you exist outside of those things, well, are you really a Christian? Yeah. And so it, it goes along with what our prayer time is every Sunday, praying for other churches in the area. Hey, these people believe these things as well. Yeah. They are our brothers and sisters. Yeah. Even if there may be some other things. Hey, you can still be a heretic. <laughs> you can still be a heretic. <laughs> I mean, that's totally possible. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're not a Christian. I mean, right. it, it's possible that someone confesses those things but does not truly believe them. Believe them, yeah. And isn't actually saved. But uh, you can actually believe the right thing about God but have a couple areas that you're really, really wrong on. Yes. And we'll call you out on it. I, I think scripturally yeah. we're supposed to. Yep. Uh, call out false teachers. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that we're saying you're saved or not saved. Right. I think Matthew seven says we have to be really careful with that. Yes. Yes. And one thing I love about what he says here to Isaac, when he says, Hey, I'm the God of Abraham, father, fear not. I am with you. I will bless you. I'll multiply you. Um, he doesn't say because you deserve it. Yeah. Uh, he says it's for my servant Abraham's sake. And even that isn't saying because Abraham was such a great guy. He's saying, I made this promise to Abraham, and I am going to be faithful to that promise I made to your father Abraham. Therefore, even though you just lied about <laughs> your your wife, well, just, that was way in the past, but even yeah. though your life has displayed not always integrity, um, this isn't about you, Isaac. This is about my faithfulness. Therefore, yeah. I am with you. I will bless you. I will multiply you because 
that's the kind of God I am. It's not based on Isaac's performance, uh, which is a great thing for us. Yeah, it is. It is. Especially when you consider that God's primary goal and motivation is himself and his own glory. Yeah. Uh, So why does God bother to stick with jerks like you and me? (laughs) Yeah. For his own glory, for his own namesake. Mm -hmm. He tells us that I'm doing this not for you, for my namesake. I do this. Yes. That's why I'm, I'm being faithful to my word and my promise that my name and my character might be exalted. And he looks glorious when he saves jerks like us. Yes. I mean, really that when he come down to it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the great lessons we learned from Isaac in the whole, he was so ordinary is that, we spent all these chapters leading up to Isaac's birth. It was all pointing towards the son of promise to Abraham. And then we get here, oh, a chapter, and then it moves on. It's like God saying, yeah, Isaac was the child of promise, but it still wasn't really about him. Yeah, It's about, God is saying, it's about me and the covenant that I have made and my faithfulness and my glory. Uh, we build up, ooh, Isaac, and it's almost deflationary. Right. Uh, which I, I think that's an important point for us to touch on because there's a lot of Christians who have heard partial truth, mm-hmm. which is you're a sinner. You need to repent of your sin and trust in Jesus. And here comes the partial part. And when you do that, God will ridiculously bless you. Uh, and if you're a good, faithful Christian, God will bless you. And if you're not faithful, then God will curse you. And uh, so if you're walking through hardship, there must be some sin in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard people say when somebody like gets cancer or, you know, a loved one dies, yep. what appears prematurely like they must have had some sin in their life. Yeah. They, they sound like the Pharisees. What sin did he commit that he was born blind? They don't only sound like the Pharisees. They, they, are, they the are the Pharisees. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. yeah. But, but then they look at their own life and especially a life where they have really driven the stake into the ground. I I love the imagery that we keep finding in this. Uh, He goes to Beersheba, God reveals himself there, and he goes, pitch the tents, dig a well, we're staying. They've they've driven those tent posts of their life down into the bedrock of, I'm going to be faithful to God. Mm -hmm. And then they do that for 20 or 30 or 40 years, and they hit a point where yeah, I've been faithful, but my life hasn't been, it hasn't been the fireworks. It hasn't been the excitement that yeah. I, I thought I was promised up front. You know, that yeah. every moment is the spiritual mountaintop and uh, everything just keeps, you know, one blessing after another blessing after another blessing. I actually believe that's true, that right. it is one blessing after another. We just don't understand what God's blessing looks like. Yeah. Uh, in Ephesians 1, it says he has in past tense blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He's blessed us with in past tense every yeah. spiritual blessing. So yeah, it's just we don't always have eyes to see it. Yeah. But he absolutely has. I love uh I'm trying to remember the, the name of the the songwriter um lady a few years ago wrote the song Blessings and it's basically like we pray for God's blessing. We pray for healing. We pray that God would prosper us. Mm. 
But what if his blessings come through hardship and adversity? Yes. And it's in those moments that God's love and blessing towards us is enabling us to love and cling to him because he stripped the other things away. Yeah. That's why I can say I believe confidently for the Christian, it is one blessing after another blessing because yes. I'm not being judged by my merit, but the merit of Christ. Yeah. So yep. my acceptance is settled. It is finished in Christ. Mm-hmm. But that means for God to bless me, sometimes it's just these amazing felt blessings, you know, oh, where you're right, right. It's just overwhelming. And it, it's sitting in your arms and you're like, this is incredible. And there's other times where we would never put it in the blessing camp. <laughs> and yet through hardship, through difficulty, through pain, God reminds us of his love, his kindness, his faithfulness. Yep. Uh, and we trust it in a way we would have never done if yeah. all those other things were allowed to remain. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we go, that was the blessing of God. Yep. Absolutely. We just have to think about it different. That, yeah. That's not the normal yep. paradigm in which we look at it. it. If we would pray less, Lord, bless me, and more, Lord, give me the eyes to see your blessings, I think we would be amazed. Yeah. Yeah. I, here's what I love. Uh, just a quick thing, and then I, I want to hit the end of, the end of this, and we'll wrap it up. We'll keep this short. Um, they find that place of blessing. Mm-hmm. So they, they leave Abimelech, and uh, they dig the well, and then they fight over it. Mm-hmm. And so they, he's like, you know what? No, I don't want any part of that. Moves again, dig a well, and they fight over it. Mm-hmm. And they get to a place, uh, Rehoboth, mm-hmm. which means open or broad place. Yeah. And... No one's coming for the water. <laughs> you know, we're, we're in a desert and nobody's fighting with us over this water. And he says, God has finally made room for us. Mm. Yeah. I, I have a place. I have a home. Uh, I have safety and security. This is the blessing mm-hmm. of God. And then we don't know why he goes to Beersheba. It yeah. doesn't tell us. But he goes there and encounters God uh, on that very night. Like mm-hmm. he... Moses tells us it was immediate. God speaks to him. And Isaac goes, all of that blessing, all of that open space, all of that home and security, stability, I'm leaving all of that behind because I'm going to stay where God is. Yeah. Now, obviously, God is uh, omnipresent. He's (laughs) everywhere. It's not like he's more one place than another place. Mm -hmm. But where God is speaking to me, that's where I'm going to dig again the wells of my father. The generations have come before. That's where I'm going to plant the stakes of my tent and my family right now. Mm -hmm. And I, I just love that imagery. Even though the other was safe and secure and comfortable, it, which is not to say Beersheba wasn't right. Right, his choice wasn't based on well, we've all, you know we've packed the boxes six times already. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing it again. I just set out the china. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not packing up the dishes. You can sort of hear Rebecca grumbling about this. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're gonna we're gonna put our family where God is, where we can be close to God, where mm-hmm. He is speaking to us, and. Man, what a great encouragement for families nowadays. Like, drive your tent pegs deep into the yes. bedrock of this is where God is. This is where his word is. This is where his people are. I'm going to be yeah. in the midst of that and then be in it. 
Yes. Not distracted with a million other things. Uh, be fully content and committed. Yes. Where God has you. Yes. And when he moves you, great. Yeah. Right. That's literally what happened right there. Yep. Uh, God gave them a, a broad open place and then he moved them. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, this passage has really spoken to Kara and I because, well, it's, we're going through something like that. Yeah. Uh, we were content here. We love it here. Um, but we know that, you know, the phrase home is where the heart is. <laughs> um, no, can I put that on a pillow? That'd be all right. <laughs> well, you can have mine. Uh, no, uh, home is where the Lord is wherever mm-hmm. he directs you. Yeah. I love what you said. That's where you drive your pegs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted on Sunday to make that a bit more of a point, mm-hmm. but number one, I had at least a page and a half too many of notes already. <laughs> and given the percentage of pages that I have, that's a lot. Oh, like yeah. that, that's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is I want, I want us to be careful in handling God's word that we don't allegorize every yeah, part of spiritualize it, spiritualize it. And, and yeah. you know, so now, uh, here's what here's what this tent peg represents. This yes. is how you drive it in with family worship. This is what this tent peg. This is service in the church. This yeah. is what this tent peg. You know, we could do that, and mm-hmm. there is something profitable in going. I should think about my life from a like a three sixty point of view and right. go like, all right, let's let's look at every angle of this and say how are we anchoring our family into. God and his word and mm-hmm. the rightful honoring of God in all things. Yeah. But not wanting to spiritualize the text. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cause they don't represent those things, but they could be a good word picture. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sort of a, more like an illustration. Yeah. And, and here's looking at the ending of this. Here's why I think this is really important. If we don't do that, if we mm-hmm. don't set our hope for our future, for God's blessing, for our family's flourishing, on being faithful to God, being near to God, mm-hmm. then we will set it on the things of this world that are around yes. us. Yep. And we will settle. We'll not only set it on the things of the world around us, we'll settle for the things of the world around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see uh, Abraham making a big deal. Don't let my son Isaac marry one of the Hittites. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, she has to be, even though uh, they were called out of their family, it's still from that line that God's blessing has been promised. Mm-hmm. Go back to them. Uh, yeah. Stay within this covenant family of faith. Uh, we're going to find in the next two chapters, and, and part of it is going to be Isaac, uh, his wife, scheming to get <laughs> her little favorite baby boy yes. away from uh, the big bully brother. Uh, and okay. If, <laughs> what is, is this at the end of 27 where she's like, uh, Rebecca says to Isaac, this is verse 46 at the end of 27, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. Now keep in mind, <laughs> she has two Hittite daughter-in-laws. Yep. I hope she said this at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Just everybody's gathered around the table. Uh, if Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, <laughs> points directly at them. Uh, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? 
Drama queen. Wow. Holy cow. So now part of that is she's attempting to separate her baby boy from Esau, who is, yeah. uh, I'm going to kill him. Right? Yeah. Yep. But seriously, there, there was something within, a, he has to stay within this covenant family of faith. Yeah. And we see at the end of 26, Esau doesn't do that. Yeah. He's not willing to pitch his tent where God is speaking mm-hmm. or to draw near to God. He goes for the immediate gratification of what is yeah. right around him. And so he, mar- he marries Judith, the daughter of a Hittite, and base math, which that's like you have new math, <laughs> old math, base math. So she, she had to look like an old math teacher. I, I think that's the only thing we can assume here. <laughs> I was trying to picture what a woman named Base Math would look like. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, but he marries these two Hittite women, and then there's this amazing last verse, verse 35 of chapter 26, mm-hmm. and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Man, how many people as pastors have we run into huh. who, through a series of choices where they said, I will, I will set my hope on something other than God and his word, and I will mm-hmm. settle for something else other than God and his word. Yes. And because of those sinful choices, they have made their own life bitter. Yeah. But I, I love the imagery here. It's not just you. Yeah. What's it hurt? You know, it, you do you, you make your own choices. Who am I to tell you, you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be, it, this is the ultimate libertarian, uh, view of things that every, yeah, everybody yeah. should be do, be able to do everything that they want to, except it's really clear here. He didn't just make life difficult for himself. He yep. made it difficult for his family, for Isaac and Rebecca. Yeah. For mom and dad. It is the perfect example of what a lot of parents will teach their children that your sin doesn't only affect you. Yeah. I mean, this is a perfect example. I of hope it. I hope they teach their children. Yeah. That. I hope they teach their children that. Yes. Yeah. This is a perfect example. Yeah, as opposed to a world that we live in where the ultimate value is self-expression. Yeah. Self-fulfillment. It's rec- This is recognizing, no, there, there is a God who has made the universe. This is why starting mm-hmm. points are so important. There's a God who's made the universe. He has said this is right and this is wrong. And if we aren't faithful to his word, to obey him, to mm-hmm. honor him with our lives... We will bring bitterness on ourselves, and God will let us do it. Yep. Even scarier, you want to take that one step farther, believing he's the sovereign God of the universe who controls all things, holds them all in his hand. <laughs> There's a chance he ordained it. Yeah. Now, he didn't cause it. He, right. He doesn't tempt anyone, Scripture says. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't cause evil. There's a chance he ordained it to happen, though. Yeah, yeah. Don't do like, don't do it, man. (laughs) Don't, don't make decisions that intentionally put you in the path of the oncoming train. Yeah. Yeah, And we see that in Romans one, where it says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Therefore God gave them over. Yep. Uh, I mean, and some people think, Oh God, let them do whatever they want. That's awesome. Oh no, that's, the sign of God's judgment That's and wrath. That's terrifying. <laughs> yes. I mean, imagine the the five-year-old who, I want to go play outside. I want to go play outside. I want to go play outside. I want to go play. Okay. Okay. Go. I want to play on the train tracks. We used to love playing on train tracks <laughs> as a kid. We did too. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, stay off the train tracks. It's really dangerous. When that parent goes, you know what? Fine. Go ahead. 
I don't care if you get hit by a train. Now, mm-hmm. hopefully, someone steps in and takes those children away. <laughs> yeah, Because <laughs> they would no longer be a fit parent. Mm-hmm. But if the righteous judge of the universe goes, mm-hmm. okay, at this point, I am handing you over to your sin. Yeah. And maybe even ordaining your destruction. That should terrify yes. us. Yeah. That, that should keep us from being Esau who goes, uh, God, I would, my flesh would love to seek the immediate gratification of whatever sinful thing is around mm-hmm. me, whatever substitute God is around me, even though that's what my flesh wants. Oh God, hold me fast. Yes. Don't let go of me. Yep. Don't give me over to my own yeah. desires. I don't care how I was born. <laughs> don't let me don't have what I Don't leave me there. Mm-hmm. That's don't. scary. I, I think there's a reason we call it spoiling them. Spoiling a child. You really are spoiling them. Yeah. Uh, that's, you're making them rotten. Yeah. God, please don't spoil me. <laughs> Which we've said anecdotally about kids so long. That's like the cute little spoiled kid. Yeah. Know? Oh, grandparents get to spoil their kid, their grandkids. Oh yeah. You, you're making them rotten. Yeah. At some point you take the spoiled <laughs> stuff in your refrigerator and you throw it away. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Liam had a drink of milk the other day. He didn't check the date. <laughs> He dumped it out. I it, heard this. Yeah, I heard <laughs> yeah. this. So, yeah, it, it was spoiled. Yep. It was unsuitable for humans. Yeah. Uh, so we find the illustration in the New Testament of, you know, we're called to be salt and light. That's the, the illustration he's using of uh, we, are, we are called to make an impact on the world around us. But he's mm-hmm. like, if that salt loses its quote-unquote saltiness... Yeah. It's not good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Yeah. That I'm going to throw it out. You know, there's Mm -hmm. tons of references to that in scripture of whether it's salt being thrown out, the dead tree with the ax already at the root of it. Yep. And man, I, I think it's just a, it's a cautionary warning to those who would be on the camp. I don't know if I'm a believer or an unbeliever. It, it shouldn't be a cautionary warning to believers. To believers, right. your, your salvation is not based on you. It's based on the finished work of Christ. So mm-hmm. if you have sin, repent of it, right? Turn from it. Mm-hmm. But if you are kind of on the fence, like, I don't know if I'm in or not in, be warned. Like, yeah. not only could your decisions uh, make your life bitter and, and the lives of those around you better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might just find yourself that there's a lot of people talk about, well, we don't want to be on the wrong side of history. <laughs> you might find yourself on the wrong side of God. Yeah. That's a worse place to be. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, Cause Romans one doesn't just end with, and he gave them over uh, to the lust of their flesh. Right. In doing that, it says, then they are storing up wrath yep. for themselves. Yep. Don't find yourself on the wrong side of God. I'm looking right at you, John. It occurred to me as I said, I'm like, I'm eyeballing John as I say it. John. I feel my soul is being laid bare. <laughs> I must confess my Hittite wives. <laughs> Be done with them. Uh, well, I am a Mormon. That's true. That's true. And, you know, the one of the big pushes today is, well, it's my life. It's my choice. I can do what I want. And... Nope. Again, he made life bitter. And uh, I appreciate some of Simon and Garfunkel's music, but they are completely wrong when they say, I am an island. No, we are not islands. 
our choices affect others. And to disregard how our choices affect others is the epitome of selfishness. Mm -hmm. It's the epitome of being spoiled. Self-centered. Yep. Not able to see anybody else. Mm -hmm. uh, which, and that's the ultimate irony is, again, so many of the people that we've seen pastorally in the last 20 years, they make those decisions. They're furious with you if you call them to some, some biblical accountability or repentance. Yeah. And then when they've made their life bitter and sufficiently bitter for everyone around them, then they come looking to everyone around them to bail them out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Fix, fix everything. I don't need fixed, but everything around me needs fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Tragic. God, may it not be true of us. Yes. Because we, yeah. we all have those tendencies. We all have blind spots of where we don't realize how our sin and selfishness are affecting us. Yeah. That's why we constantly have to be coming back to God's word, coming back saying, mm -hmm. okay, God, search my heart. See, see what wicked way is lurking within me. Yes. I'm not, I'm not ever going to pray what David did in Psalm 51, which is oh, God, yeah. don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Right. He won't. He won't because yep. I'm not saved because I'm good. I'm saved because Jesus was good. Yeah. That's it. Yep. I'm a schmuck, right? I'm dead <laughs> in my sins apart from Christ. Uh, that's the hope of my salvation. But I am going to pray, okay, God, search my heart. Yeah. Psalm 139. Uh, yep. See what is within me. So it, when we read the Psalms, there's some things that on this side of the cross, on this side of salvation and the Holy Spirit being poured out into our hearts that we don't have to fear and they didn't even have a concept of. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is just amazing, but we should always be reforming. Yes. We're always examining our hearts and our lives in light of the scripture and the gospel. Absolutely. So I hope that's true of you. I, I hope uh, as you're listening uh, that you live an incredibly ordinary life for the glory of God. Absolutely. Uh, if there is if there is exciting moments, e even those who have exciting moments, they're they're just that they're moments. Mm -hmm. uh, even the people who we look at as superstars, ninety nine percent of their life is just live an, a, as an average person, mm -hmm. attempting to walk in faithfulness and obedience to God in His Word, glorifying God with their life. Yeah. So may and that be true of us. Wouldn't it be wonderful if it the ordinary thing was people living their lives to the glory of God. Yeah. That should be ordinary for us. <laughs> Nothing to see here, people. Keep moving. Nothing <laughs> yeah. spectacular. Yep. Just living my life to glory of God. <laughs> <laughs> By the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. May it be true. All right. Well, hey, uh, hopefully we'll get to worship with you this coming Lord's Day. Uh, again, Daniel and I are going to be out of town, so mm -hmm. uh, we will probably be joining via live stream. Yes, uh, but All right. uh, yeah, great opportunity week after week that we have to gather with God's people, a bunch of ordinary, regular people. Yes, just a bunch of sinners like you and me, <laughs> whose only hope is the saving power of Christ and his cross. Mm -hmm. And then we get together every week and that's our fellowship. That's mm -hmm. our song. That's our study. This is our hope. This is our salvation. Yep. Bunch of ordinary people who put their hope in an extraordinary God. Yeah. Ooh, that you should put on a pillow. <laughs> That'd be a nice pillow. 
So anyways, that, that happens uh, Sunday, our, our worship service is at 10 a.m. And then uh, Sunday school for all ages at nine. By the way, our yes. adult Sunday school is awesome. It really is. It's super. I mean, I, I love what we're doing with our kids, but the adults, it isn't just sometimes there's there's kids that gets all kinds of thought and attention put into it. Mm. And then the adults is basically adult babysitting. Yeah. Here's something while your kids are in class. Yep. And ours is not that. It like really not only engaging with the ideas, the the foundational ideas of the Christian faith, but then uh, in a teaching setup, but then breaking up into small groups and discussions about it. And it's just a lot of fun. So if you haven't come to the Sunday school, uh, may God just convict you. May all of your milk spoil. I'm just kidding. Like, not. <laughs> oh wait, that poor, already happened. That already happened, to Liam. <laughs> it, but it, it really is. It's a great time of learning and fellowship. So that's at 9 a.m. Yes. Worship service is at 10. So God bless you. We will uh, hopefully see you then.